everybody, welcome back to the Hope Speaks Podcast here on the Sheet of Hope channel. I want to say thank you guys for, of course, tuning in like you guys always do. And we appreciate it, the guests appreciate it. Everybody, between our short films and everything, appreciate it. Uh, we're going to continue to have our merchandise coming out here soon. Uh, we got the Redeem Hollywood Project team t-shirts out. Uh, those are select right now. Only a few people have them. But we're working on getting more in bulk. Uh, we're working on getting a lot of things more in bulk. We also have, and I'll reach off to the side here, we also got our own mug club. You can join our mug club. Uh, I post a lot about that on our social media, specifically my social media. It's a little bit weird because I feel like I do more marketing on my personal social media than the company's social media. I need to fix that a little bit. Um, here's something you guys can do for us. If you guys don't like the way that something's portrayed on our social media, uh, if you think that we could do better on the Shield of Hope media, and I'll post that right now. You can see it on the screen. If you don't like the way that's kind of up, let us know. We always want feedback. Uh, same thing with the website. If you guys want, if you guys can give us some good feedback on the website, uh, things you like that you don't like, things that you wish that we would do, and some cool ideas, we'll take it into consideration. All proceeds go towards helping us make the new films coming out, like North Strand, who we will have Will Mosteller back in the studio. We'll talk about that, especially when we film more on North Strand coming up. Remember, North Strand went from a uh, feature film to a miniseries, which I think you guys will enjoy. But that miniseries will be found on possibly a new platform. We're not only moving around the different platforms. We not only are on Rumble now. We're not only on Spotify. We're not only on YouTube. We're working on creating our own Roku channel. So you guys will have exclusive content wherever we decide to go, whether it is Roku, whether it is something else. We will be going there. and There will be new exclusive content. Maybe even the whole TV show and the uh, TV series as well, along with the game show. So there's a lot of things that you can look forward to this year. We're also doing concerts. Uh, we're, we're working on getting a concert and a special for the 4th of July for our Independence Day. So you can be sure to check that out. We're also um, looking into getting more musicians, more people to come on the podcast and talk about not only their backstory, but their careers and their, their enjoyments. So... Uh, yeah, I think that's all the promotional material we have. I don't know if there's well, there's obviously there's a lot of news. Um, we got the Gina Carano thing going on with the Star Wars and the Mandalorian. That's been covered on all different YouTube platforms right now and all different social medias. I'm not gonna go too in depth on that. Uh, again, we've had the cancel culture debate and how the majority of people that come on the on the podcast are against it. You can find those episodes, or you'll find more episodes in the future. When the cancel culture ramps up, because let's be honest, it's coming. So, we also went to the theaters for the first time in what felt like a year, and it probably was because the last time I actually saw a movie in a theater, which we can put in quotations, was it really a theater? It was on the cruise ship. Uh, so that was back in March of last year. Uh, so yeah, it's been about been about a year since I've been back to the theater. And let me tell you something: the theater industry. I mean, looking at it from an outside perspective, obviously. Uh, there wasn't a lot of people there. There wasn't a, a big crowd at all. And uh, rightfully so. Obviously, everybody's still scared of the pandemic. And obviously, it, it's uh, the COVID-19 crisis going on right now. It is real, obviously. So people are taking precautions. And people are just watching things from the comfort of their own home. And I can't blame them. But really, it was the first perspective I had of how in trouble the theater industry is. Um, so... Pray for that moving forward, especially for movie fans that like going back to the theater. To see it in that experience, I'm one of them. It doesn't give me the same feel watching it from the comfort of my own home. So uh, we did go back. Me, Kevin Walker, and Logan, who you heard on the podcast uh, two weeks ago. 
we went back and we saw The Marksman with Liam Neeson. My first initial reaction, and obviously there's not going to be a spoiler here because I don't really want to talk spoilers on the show. It's still relatively new. You can go see it. There's not really a lot to spoil. Honestly, it's kind of a carbon copy of Logan. I said that sitting in the theater. I was like, I'm a big Logan fan. I'm a big Wolverine fan. I'm sitting back here and I'm like, this kind of has the same theme and the plot and everything's almost the exact same. They're just not mutated, mutated people running around, you know? It's, it's, it's basically a, a Western cowboy and a immigrant that crosses the border and they need to get somewhere. So, um, yeah, there's not too much to spoil, but I don't want to spoil anything. Uh, but again, I actually enjoyed it. I sat through it. Not something I sit on repeat and watch. This isn't the perfection like Rogue One, which I think Rogue One is. This isn't the per per perfection like Logan. This isn't the perfection like Avatar or anything else that I would sit through multiple times. But it is a film that I actually would endorse. Um, I actually like, too, and I saw this on AMC On Demand. This was New Year's Day. Again, I like... When, the, the history of our New Year's Day in the family is typically we would go see either a movie in theater or we watch a movie for the first time on New Year's Day as a family. So we like to get those family-friendly films. I think I talked about this in a previous podcast. We watched A War with Grandpa with Robert De Niro starring in it. Um, funny movie. Very funny movie. Uh, family-friendly. You know, all that jazz. I think you guys would enjoy that. So if it's still there on AMC On Demand, which I'm sure it is. I think they continue their backlog of categories and the movies. So go check that out. Again, The Marksman, uh, A War With Grandpa. Go check out those two. Those are the two newest ones that I've actually got into. Uh, but yeah, so that was all. Now we have a very special guest on the line. It is David DeMarco. We're joined by David DeMarco today. For those of you who don't know David DeMarco, he's been on the podcast before, almost about a year ago, I believe. Uh, he was actually on like my fifth or so podcast when I first started. So thank you for doing that, by the way. But David, I'll let you introduce yourself real quick to the listeners. Hey, everybody. It's uh, good to be back. I love being on this show and definitely believe in Shield of Hope Productions and, and what they're doing. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, so, David, catch us up a little bit on where you've been from the last time I talked to you, which I guess we'll do the podcast. I know I talked to you, obviously, relatively recently during the Christmas special. Um, but catch us up a little bit what your 2020 and beginning of 2021 year kind of has been like. Well, I think like lo most people, it's been a different <laughs> type of life that has happened while you were trying to make plans. Um, so, you know, doors have opened for me to really be a spare tire at, at churches and, and, and pastors that were either taking sabbaticals or um, just needed a Sunday off or had resigned. I mean, there was so much of a change, uh, even though there were many churches going online they were still a good bit meeting but it was uh, in smaller numbers so really i i have kept so busy 
even though it's been a trying time for a lot of people, I have, I think, since August, um, I think I have been gone almost every Sunday, but, but three, you know, whether it's speaking or leading worship or doing concerts and things of that sort. So at the same time, I finished my uh, certification as a master life coach and developed uh, three courses on personal development based upon um, the resurgence program. And uh, yeah, I haven't really written a whole lot of songs, but just been talking to a lot of people in the music business that, you know, just need somebody to kind of put their arm around their shoulder and encourage them that, you know, they're going to get through this. Well, like you said, you've been you've been away. You've been doing a lot of things, and I, of course, I see your Instagram, your social medias, and you're doing a lot of cool, fun things, especially for the gospel. Um, but can you tell us? Has it been as busy as you wanted it to be? As I don't know, have you had? I know you've been away, obviously, and it shows that you're doing stuff. But is it is it what do I want to say? Is it the grand arc of what you expected it to be? Is it what you want it to be? Do you want to do more? Did you want to do less? Did you think you were going to do less? Well. I guess the old me could answer that um, a little bit more, um, <laughs> but the, the the new version of me, thanks to my my wife Lori, uh, I, I tend to have a bend bend now that you know whatever comes, whatever door opens, that's the best thing right now, and to make the most of it, and you know to treat whether it's you know what appears to be a minimal sphere of influence or a minimal impact or let's say 25 people in the room to treat that like you know that is the super bowl halftime show you know just to give your best to everything and that really creates a sense of contentment of course you know i have gotten things that uh, that i want to uh pursue and move towards and you always want to impact a larger audience but um I would say I'm content, Donnie. I, I am content, but yet at the same time, I'm, uh, I'm in anticipating uh, more more opportunities to, to do what I really want to do. Did you ever think, looking back at your life, like, oh, obviously, congratulations on life coaching, and we're going to get into that in a little bit, but did you ever think that you'd even apply for life coaching? Is that something that's always been on your mind, on your brain, or is that something that kind of just relatively recently that, you know, you've decided to go more in depth person to person and uh, leading um, like a seminar or like a, a, a sermon to people who might not uh, know what to do with their life or how like, you know, leading them in the right path. Right. Well, that's a great question because uh, like a lot of things that I got into, it was just proposed as a suggestion by someone else. I mean, that's how I started to sing. That's how I started to write. You know, people just came up to me and said, hey, you should think about doing this. Or what? And, you know, I'd always been, you know, I was a teacher in high school for a few years in my early 20s. I was a football coach, uh, coaching at every level uh, up to a small college level. So I always had that drive in me to give people something that would improve their lives. And it was Keith Evans from from. Uh, drums PA near Berwick that, that said, Hey, you should, you should really think about life coaching. And, um, another guy that I had, um, uh, helped out for years, Eric Simons, 
who went to two of the most prestigious life coaching schools, uh, tried to steer me that way as well. And of course, Keith is a professional licensed counselor. So all this kind of came into confluence. And, um, you know, last year I just said, okay. And I, and, I, and I took that route. And, you know, the timing of what has happened too that has brought me to this point is – uh, you know, music is is a great teacher and affects the emotions and things of that sort, and it's so powerful. Yet, because of the digital revolution and the streaming uh, phenomenon, songwriters, musicians, soloists, they're not making money in music anymore, but they still want to make music. But what is uh, very prevalent nowadays is the distribution and and the, the selling of content, courses, teaching, knowledge, what you know is uh, kind of the, uh, the, the in right now. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going that direction using both my music and my life coaching. And yeah, it all began with just somebody saying, hey, you should try this. If you could give me a percentage, what percentage of your life coaching is like standard by the book, what they kind of give you and like how much of it is inputting your own life experience or is it all inputting your own life experience? And what inspirations do you like? Can you like write a song based off like the experiences of other people and coming out and telling you like certain problems in their life? Do you like I don't want to say does it open up the creative imagination even more being around other people and coaching other people? Yeah, it really does, because we learn off of each other, and, and teaching is learning twice. One of the best educational experiences I ever had was in grad school, where, uh, where I was learning from people from different walks of life around a horseshoe-shaped table, where we would take a principle or the content, and we would share how that applied to us in our specific lane of life. And man, the synergy that happened in, in understanding and relating was was incredible. So, um, you know, people are so uniquely made and even how they perceive their own world and how they live it out and try to improve themselves and improve others. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible to be able to give that and, and receive that. So, um, you know, it is a combination of some traditional approaches because some principles are just, are just timeless, you know, sowing and reaping. Um, but a lot of it is to my own experiences. I, I get more energized at the methods by which things come across in the angle because subjects and principles and content, uh, you know, you're not going to reinvent the wheel. There's nothing new under the suns, but it's always the angle by which you come across, you know, you know this from being in filmmaking, you know, stories are stories and they just have a little twist or a different angle, you know, um, there isn't always just an original, an original exclusive plot. It's similar and has similar things to other movies, but it's the way it comes across. It's the twist, the turn, the angle. And I find that real, real fascinating. Absolutely. And for the audience listening, uh, I've talked about this. We're working on, we're in pre-production of it. We're working on a, um, a depression type hopefulness film at the current moment where we're hoping to get it out by summer. Um, and it's going to have a good story behind it. But yeah, it, it's, this has kind of put me in a whole different direction because 
of course, somebody that never really dealed with that kind of stuff on the inside. So I had to reach out to multiple friends who have had uh, like down moments in life, depression, even suicidal thoughts at one point or another, and try to capture that and build that into a character. So I understand what you're saying by talking to other people, you know, you kind of build off it because that's something that I got to do a lot of research in. And one of these years coming up, I want to do a historical film, like whether it's a documentary, like a Steven Spielberg type drama, you know, put together based off a, a, a moment in history. Uh, so research and interacting is definitely something that helps out filmmakers and creative artists and artists themselves. Um, so you nailed it on that. Uh, but since you're one of the only people I could talk sports with on this podcast, I do got to talk sports a little bit because I don't get too many guests that, uh, not that they don't know a lot about uh, sports, but they don't really like to talk sports. And I know you're big in sports. So what was your opinion on the Super Bowl two weeks ago? Well, you know, I thought it was very interesting. There were exciting moments. I think all of us were wanting a better game. Um, you know, but it's always a great time to gather around family. We had a huge party and just being with one another and, and sharing a few experiences. Uh, but what really st- stuck out at me um, was the battle between Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, the, the battle between seasoned leadership and that X factor persona of being a seasoned champion versus this uber-talented emerging champion who established himself with a Super Bowl win, and also both both teams and how teams were built. Um, I think this was very, very fascinating to me how Tampa Bay built a championship team through some key free agents if you don't know what a free agent is it's it's someone that basically is hired from another team or hired from another company after the contract expires um whereas some dynasties like like the steelers and some championship teams are built from the ground up they're built from a draft uh, if you're in business it's, it's hiring people young and, and training them and they they are get promoted in the company and, and you know and, and they help the company succeed so so for me the dynamic which was so fascinating was kind of a paradigm shift of how things have changed in the game of football where one dynasty was built from growing at the grassroots level through the draft. And now we had a dynasty like the Patriots, where Tom Brady led the way, was grown not so much from the ground up, but sideways from free agency and hiring you know, other players from other teams. So neither one is right or wrong. It's, it's really about success. So... I saw this phenomenon, Tom Brady, and I thought about this in our lives, in our organizations, in our teams, to not be so married to one concept that you're not open to an, another. And I see this all the time with churches that grow leaders from within, and it's all wonderful. But when you grow things from within, you're growing them within your own bubble. So their input uh, their output will serve and be limited to that bu- bubble. And there's something to be said with bringing somebody in outside the bubble with a fresh approach, with a different way of looking at things that causes a dis- disruption in the status quo. And I think, uh, once again, I'm energized by paradigm shifts. And Tom Brady brought that to Tampa Bay. 
Gronkowski brought that to Tampa Bay. Uh, Leonard Fournette brought that to Tampa Bay. And, uh, you know, the result was, was fascinating. And that beat a team that was more talented than that. Than that. I love that analogy. I like how you brought that full circle with uh, not growing from within, with, with being able to step outside the you're basically your own comfort zone and show that, you know, and Tom Brady for most of his career, we thought under Bill Belichick, he was like the system QB. You know, maybe we didn't give him enough credit. Maybe we give Bill Belichick still more credit than he deserves. But, you know, I'm one of those people that always goes coaches compared to players. Uh, that's always been my, you know, if, you know, for the, and we always talk about New England's defense. But if you want to talk about just a simple fact of how Bill Belichick took, like, I don't want to say like nobody's, but made them somebody's. Am I kind of on the right route with saying that? Because Tom Brady, I believe, wasn't he like a sixth round pick out of Michigan? Is that correct? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, Tom like, Brady was just the result of preparation meeting opportunity. And, you know, he, he got onto the field because of an injury to Drew Bledsoe. I mean, here's a guy that, it, you know, he was drafted, I think, in the sixth round. He's a backup quarterback, which means, you know, a few bad snaps in a preseason game, and you're cut. I mean, the fine line between this guy uh, becoming the champion he was and, you know, selling insurance, we got to be realistic and say, I mean, what was the X factor with Tom Brady? And you look at a guy who is ridiculously disciplined in prep and in the little things and in his mechanics. When I used to teach quarterbacks, I used to show them YouTube videos of Tom Brady working out. And he was going over the ABCs of of the art and skill of, of quarterback. And he was so committed to that day in and day out. I mean, even now he's back to trading. He developed a culture in his life to do the best he could each day. And when that preparation comes into contact with that opportunity, there, there, there's your, your chance. So, um, you know, that's, that's something that just uh, fascinates me about, you know, that we all have that. Now, you know, our stage might not be as magnificent or uh, it is magnificent, but it might not have the magnitude of a Tom Brady, but still the fulfillment that comes when preparation and opportunity uh, intersect and you're on the other side with your internal pat on the back that says, man, well done, well done. Will we now? I don't. I don't. I don't like to generalize and say in all sports because all sports have their own dynasties. All sports can have their own players, like a LeBron James, like Michael Jordan, you know, in the NBA that goes on this rampant tear and can like win championships. The Golden State Warriors, you know, if they didn't get injuries, could win all these championships straight through. Um, but will we ever see a, another player like Tom Brady in NFL history? Wow. Yes, yeah, very special. I. I you know, because the game is constantly changing. Uh, we have to remember, guys like Tom Brady and Joe Montana would not have been successful if the game stayed the same. Those of those of our listeners that are old enough to remember the Steeler dynasty in the 70s, back then, one of the rules of defensive back is you could hit a receiver the whole way down the field. And it was... The 49ers offense, the West Coast offense, the short passing game, which became a trend that, of course, 
led to the 49ers dynasty. It also led to the Patriots dynasty. And that couldn't have been possible without the Mel Blunt rule that basically said you no longer can hit a receiver down the field. And then the other rules that, that, that allowed the offensive linemen to use their hands to pass block. And, you know, it became more of an offensive game. So to see that we will never see a player like Tom Brady, um, man, I, I, I I don't know. He's he's pretty special. Um, I think Tom Brady is is a role model for uh, for his craft to future generations. Um, and if history's taught us anything, it's records <laughs> records are broken. But a lot of things would have to align. Tom Brady was in the right system, and uh, we also show that he could also create a system to bring a champion too. So. Man, I, I don't know, man. We're going to stick on that topic of trends coming up here, but we're going to switch back over to music now. Um, being obviously, I look at films and look at the trends that are happening. I'm not really key into like picking out musical trends that are going through. I'm sure you have more of a keen eye for that, being that you write songs and can and can play instruments. But do you see any trends that you either like or don't like in the in the coming ages? Like in the, in 2020, 2021, is there anything that you kind of disliked in a trend or that you were like, oh, maybe, you know, because there, there's been a lot of and let's let's put it out there between filmmaking and music. There's been almost a slight revival in the Christian community based off that. Um, do you see any of that happening or am I more blind? Well, I just I don't want to be that guy that says anything new is in effect if, you know, art. Uh, art is art, right? But the means by which uh, you express your art and and relate to your world and your time and your culture, it's 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 very subjective. Um, maybe this is something that you can relate to. I mean, technology has so influenced art these days, from filmmaking and I mean everything, right? Technology. Uh, progresses at such a rapid pace now and it is a tool and i think the art that i appreciate the most uses the technology to a point to enhance but doesn't depend on the technology to be the basis and the foundation of of the art like rap music is extremely popular extreme and it has been for years and there's such an art form to the spoken word of of rap and the poetry of it but musically music standpoint it's completely technology and loop based driven and there's hardly ever any real instruments so you know I, I look at that as something that I could take take or leave it's the same thing of watching you know watching a movie uh, that is completely CGI and special effects driven to the senses, uh, which serves its own purpose. But then you've got, then you've got classics like Peter Fonda's 12 Angry Men and the dialogue about influence and the whole movies in one or two rooms, you know, something very similar that just came out that I, man, I just enjoyed was one night in Miami you know, based upon the screenplay. And it's just once once again, that that art, whether it's singing, whether it's acting, the beauty of that is when it can stand alone apart from technology. 
Um, and that's not to downplay the role of technology, but I just I just see a trend that we we are depending more and more upon the technology as an expression of of our art, which is neither right or wrong. It's just the times. Yeah, I agree with that completely. Um, but I do have to say, I think technology, though, because this is where, and I've been preaching this on this channel for a little bit now, especially in 2020, you had you didn't have any of the box office films. You didn't really have any, like, obviously songs were still going on. But, like, for my career in filmmaking, you didn't have the box office films. Films really weren't. Disney Plus had to go back to documentaries. Um, Netflix was still putting out their content because I had things already backloaded. But it seemed like it was going to be the year of the independent filmmaker. A lot more people tuned into platforms like YouTube to watch short films that were being created for low budget, for two-person camera films, you know, that people were doing still during this pandemic. Um, I don't know. Do you see any artists doing that on the music side? Do you think – and let me don't let – me, let me not phrase it like that, I guess. Do you think technology – because we'll go back to technology. Do you think technology has opened the door now more than ever – for artists, independent artists. Oh, absolutely, With, without a doubt. Um, it has also made it easier to create, and it has leveled it has leveled the paint the playing field. The, the positive side of this is we're having an exponential increase of independent movies, short films, songs, you know what what have you. And it was wonder, wonderful. At the same time, it's leveled the playing field in making, let's say, a uh, uh, a, a middle school proficiency musician sound like, you know, a a seasoned uh, a, a seasoned performer, right? Um, and even with the technology with, with cameras and, and things of that sort in production, what you can do to, to tell to tell your story. And at the end of the day, we have uh, we have so much stuff out there that is competing for an audience. I think audiences are getting smaller um, and more selective in what they want to subscribe to. Not and to, not that's to mention, that's not, also that's also a good thing. Not to mention uh, the think attention at, span. At the too. end of the day, yeah. your sustaining audience is: Do you have something to say, and how you are saying it um, is what matters. Yeah, I was going to say not to mention the attention span too. I didn't want to really cut you off there, but I mean our attention spans nowadays, I believe, are like down to like literally ten seconds, and that's why you know to open up films. That's why I tried to have that that grabbing opening scene. Because if you do a slow opening scene, it's going to turn people off right away. Uh, how do you market yourself, though, in this day and age? Do you strict like what social medias do you use? How can people find you? Where can people find you? What's your what's your go to when you're releasing something? Well, when I'm re releasing something is is that you know I have my small uh, tribe of, of people that, that follow me, um, and you know through the the normal means of of Instagram and Facebook. I, I don't aggressively try to expand that. Um, and I know there'll be a time where, where I, I will, um, but uh, I, I'm not, you know, that's that's something that I depend on somebody else uh, to help me with because, I mean, there's just, 
there's so much out there um, that sometimes you feel like you're a drop of water in a tsunami, you know, with, with trying to draw attention to your art and your, and your, your you know, so, uh, you know, it's still um, so many methods, you know, for, for me, I'm just at a place right now where um, I'm, I'm focusing more on the development of, of what I'm doing and the distribution of it. I'll need to, you know, lean on somebody else. Do you have any upcoming projects, anything that you're working on currently, or is everything kind of, you know, especially in this day and age, kind of pushed to the back, especially with life counseling and like all that? I got a few multiple projects going right now. Uh, nothing that has uh, strong feet to, we're, we're forming some things. One is an online one is an online unconventional church experience. Uh, the other one are my personal development courses that coincide with, uh, as you mentioned, brief songs uh, that, that's, that are anthems that support these principles. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. You know, I really, really am. But they're, they're in development and in talks. Um, and, uh, you know, people will be hearing about them soon. I've been given a little bit of teasers on my Facebook site. Um, and as they develop, I'll just, I'll let a little bit more out of the bag. Final question here for you, David. What can you, of, of course, last time you were on the podcast, I asked for you to leave a hopeful message going to 2020. Now that we're in 2021, I'm going to ask you to do the same thing. If you can leave us with a final message of hope uh, or just, you know, reality, basically, uh, give it to us straight. I would say that looking at your problems a lot differently and seeing your problems as possibilities, starting to look at limits and limitations as gifts that redirect you to other discoveries. Um, answers are only birthed out of questions. Remedies are only birthed um, out of problems. So, Focus, focus on that and focus on the fact that you yourself, uniquely and wonderfully made by God, you are an answer to somebody's problem every day. You are an answer. And many times when we look at ourselves, we tend to focus on ourselves as the problem. But I want to encourage everyone, as I do with myself every day, to just flip that script and, and say, you know, I I am an answer, and God has put answers in me. My existence is proof that I'm here for a reason. I'm here as a remedy uh, to a world that, that needs, needs help. David DeMarco, everybody, thank you for coming on the show, David. Uh, you can check out David and all his work. I will put all the links in the description below on this video where they can find you at. And thank you very much for joining me and taking the time. Thank you, Donnie. Always a pleasure. Thank you guys for tuning in. That concludes our episode today. Thank you, David DeMarco, for joining us. I want to say also, go ahead and visit us on our all our platforms. Again, the support is, is amazing. And if you can support us on all these platforms by just hitting the subscribe button, hitting the like button, sharing with your friends, we appreciate it. We are on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We are on Rumble. We are also on YouTube. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you on the next episode.